Yo, what's going on, party people? Welcome back. Look and listen podcast, South and Cinema. Once again, another what I am watching or what I watched episode. Got a couple other things that we want to discuss other other than the the stuff that I uh, watched on TV recently. Uh, So we'll get to that. Uh, Matter of fact, let's go ahead and start with that. I had it last on the list, but I'll go ahead and get started with the kind of like housekeeping stuff. And then we'll roll into the, the TV talk and we'll get out of here after that. So this is June of 2023. And um, first of all, I think I want to try to be a little bit more consistent with dropping these episodes. Um, I want to give a shout out to Bushrod and to Danny Foxworth. Uh, Both of them are uh, Twitter friends of mine. Um, I want to give a shout out to both of them because um, they were like, yo, you got to get back on the mic. You know what I'm saying? I think Bushrod said it first. He was like, yo, LB, you got to get back out here, man. Like, you got some good, you know, he was, I guess, listening to some old episodes or whatever and was, like, giving me props on that. Like, yo, you got some good stuff, man. And um, Danny Foxworth ended up seeing that and and co-signing it. So I want to give a shout out to both of those brothers. I appreciate that, you know, um, for a person like me who doesn't really podcast as consistently. Like, I've been more consistent in the past, but... You know, in the like 10 years that I've been doing this thing, you know, what I'm saying it's been like off and on, you know, what I mean, and so sometimes you kind of don't really have a sense of who's out there listening to you. I guess, you know, when you're more consistent, you know, there were times in the past where people would, you know, react to certain things like I put out an episode or whatever and, and folks would be like, yo, that was a good episode and everything like that. But with them being more spread out, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, um, you know, who's actually still out there listening to these things, you know, when I put them out. So I know I got at least those two cats, man. So I definitely want to say thank you to both of them. And, um, you know, this is hopefully a start of me being able to do more with uh, this platform that I created for myself. So I'm doing this one now. I think I want to try to start doing these, you know, um, these like what I'm watching joints, maybe once a month you know, at least once a month or whatever. So now today, today's date is what, June 24th. So sometime between now and the end of July, I hope to put out another one, put out one in August and all that. So if I can hopefully do that, you know, for a few months in a row and kind of make that, you know, at least a one-time thing, then I think that'll be a start. Um, And then, you know, like I said, I still want to do some of the other stuff, you know, the one-on-ones and, you know, maybe even, you know, create another type of thing and have them all come out on the same feed. So with that said, um, I do want to tell you that I have the idea and some of the work already done on the next Look and Listen one-on-one episode. Um, I haven't done that in a long time, but um, I think I know what I want to do. I do know what I want to do. Um, I want to do an episode about um, addiction and recovery. Um, Once again, shout out to Danny. Um, I saw a tweet from him a few weeks ago, and he was um, mentioning the fact that I guess that particular day was the anniversary of um, his sobriety. You know what I'm saying? I think he he was an alcoholic and, and ended up quitting. 
And that day, I guess maybe, I don't know if that's exactly right or not, but it was either the, the exact day or, you know, just sometime around there, but it, it was like another one of the landmarks, you know, in his uh, journey to recovery or whatever. And I've been following him and been cool with him on Twitter for a while, but I didn't know that. I don't believe I knew that. So I gave him props on that. Um, and once again, props on that, man, you know, keep fighting. I know that it's a, it's an everyday struggle and it's a, it's an everyday, um, commitment that you have to make in order to not do the thing that you, you know, did so heavily, you know, for so long or whatever. Um, so definitely want to give him props for that. And anybody else that may hear this, that is, um, you know, trying to continue to to stay on the straight and narrow and, and continue to, you know, not use, you know, whatever their their drug or their vice of choice was. Um, but that made me think about an episode. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, it wouldn't really matter if I said his name and everything like that anyway. But I have a cousin who is early in his process. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to stop drinking. He's been an alcoholic for shit. This nigga is, he's at least about 10, 12 years older than I am. I'm 43. So he's in his fifties. And for the majority, probably like the last man, 25 plus years, maybe 30 years or something like that. You know what I'm saying? He's had, you know, uh, he's, I mean, I, I can admit it. He's been an alcoholic, man. Like, you know, always drunk, always like fucked up, you know what I'm saying? For various reasons, you know, I think part of it obviously being, you know, trying to deal with, you know, some of the the rough spots in life and some of the things that, you know, like like a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? I don't think his story, you know, if, if I were to get him, if I were to talk to him about, you know, how things started spiraling out of control, then his story probably would be similar to a lot of people's. So when I saw Danny's tweet, uh, it made me think about my cousin and it made me think about the fact that it would be kind of dope to do an episode on that. So I'll tell you the idea and then, you know, we'll just go from there. Like, so I want to get I want to get him, uh, Danny on here to talk about his process and the journey that he's been on um, from, you know, from really the whole story, like the moment that he realized that he had a problem to the moment that he decided to stop and to change his life and, you know, to the day-to-day grind of, of trying to stick with that. Um, and then I want to have an expert um, to come on to talk about what it's like to work with a person who's in that position. Uh, and another Twitter friend of mine, you know, said that she would reach out to her sister or whatever. So um, got that in emotion. But what I want to do is have a conversation with the two of them. So you get both sides, you know what I'm saying? Where you hear a firsthand account of what it's like to be in that situation. And then the professional side, a counselor who works with people who have had these struggles and the different things that she's seen and witnessed and, you know, all of that. Um, and then, you know, hopefully what we can also do is figure out ways for those of us who are kind of in the middle 
to help a person, you know, like for, for example, you know, things that I may be able to do or that my family can do to help my cousin stay on track. Um, and if he slips off track, ways to get back on track and, and, you know, stick with the process and everything like that. So I've got some questions written down, you know, I still got some thinking and some, some questions and stuff to write or whatever, but the process for that has started. So hopefully, you know, sometime in the near future, we'll be able to get that up and running and put that out here for you all. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to mention before we get into like the TV stuff is that um, I'm thinking about doing uh, creating a Patreon and uh, a coffee page. I guess technically I already do have a, a Patreon page because I've used it to subscribe to people's stuff on Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Like my boys, the hot fire starter, whatever, you know, I have a, a donation that I give them every month. Um, and then at different points, you know, I've, I've subscribed to people's stuff for like a month or two or whatever like that, but I've never used my Patreon for anything other than that. So what I'm thinking about doing is, and I don't know if I have to change anything or if, or if there's, you know, a whole new setup that I need to do as far as like being a creator who can, um, you know, accept donations and stuff like that. But what I'm thinking of doing is opening that up. And then of course, anybody that just wants to drop a little bit of spare change in, in the bucket can do that. But then also, um, again, with, with trying to be a little bit more consistent with, we're getting on this microphone, um, you know, being able to put some stuff on there. Like um, I was thinking of doing like maybe uh, an occasional movie review or different things like that. The only thing is I don't want to be one of those people that feels obligated to try to force content for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's one thing that sometimes people kind of, struggle with when it comes to, you know, when they do create a Patreon or something like that is the pressure of trying to create all this extra content. I don't want to feel that pressure, but, you know, it would be cool to be able to do a couple of different things on there. Maybe I could put some video stuff on there too. Um, there's still some thinking that needs to be done about all of that as well, but it was something that I thought about. Um, Cause like I said, I've been doing this shit for a long time, but I've never really I never made anything off of it. It wasn't really about all that to me, but you know, I mean, I figured at this point, you know what I'm saying? It's worth a shot at least, you know what I mean? Um, and I think I'll do a coffee as well. I'm still doing a little bit of research on those things, but what I do know is that I know Patreon takes a little bit of a cut, like a 5% cut of whatever people actually make or what they generate. And from what they say, coffee doesn't. And I believe with coffee, you don't have to have a um, an account. So like any person can either subscribe to you like on a monthly basis or just drop, you know, they, they, they got a few extra dollars and they say, hey, I'm gonna just drop a little something in the collection plate, you know, for this month or whatever. And then that's it. It's a one-time thing. Um, so there's pros and cons of of each, but like I said, I was thinking of maybe doing some stuff like that. Um, you know, like I do like my little um, you know, some of the stuff that I talk about on these what I'm watching. You know, like if y'all follow me on Twitter, my L Brothers Media joint, you know, sometimes I'll um I'll like 
I'll put out a picture of something that I'm watching, like a movie or a documentary or something. And then I'll do like the, um, you know, my little five fist rating system. And, you know, so maybe something like that could be a thing that I, you know, do a, a sort of longer version of on um, like a kind of like a shout out to Rod and Karen, like a, maybe a spoiled review of, of you know, some of the, the movies or documentaries or whatever may do some polls and all that kind of stuff. But um, I just wanted to at least put it out there. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that's going to look and everything like that. But, you know, just put the idea out there that, you know, there may be um, a Patreon and a coffee page coming for those who want to, you know, show some love in that type of way. And then along the way, you know, maybe I can crank out a little bit more um, different types of stuff. Um, but we'll see about all of that. First things first is to just kind of, like I said, I thought about it this morning and I said, man, I think I can do these what I'm watching joints at least once a month. So once we kind of get the ball rolling with that and then I kind of, you know, like I said, I have some ideas for what, you know, the the um, the Patreon stuff could be. But once I settle in on it, then, you know, what I'm saying I'll put that out there and then, you know, we'll go from there and, and see how that goes. So those are just a couple of things. Once again, shout out to Danny and the Bushrod for, you know, showing love and everything and kind of putting the battery in a, in a brother's back. And um, stay tuned for that uh, addiction recovery 101 and also the um, the Patreon and coffee pages uh, getting started up at some point. Like I said, I already have a Patreon, so I don't know if I need to start another one. But like I said, I just use it for to show love to other people. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, let's get to some of this TV talk and then we out of here. So the first thing that I wanted to mention that I recently watched was the NBA Finals. Um, those that know me know I'm a huge basketball fan and, um, you know, it's always great to watch the finals, even if my team, the Lakers isn't in it, or even if I don't necessarily have an agenda or rooting interest in, um, what's going on. It's always great to watch the two teams that have, you know, made it to that final round, you know, battle it out. And this year, you know, we had the, uh, Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, Miami came in as an eight seed. Um, they were definitely a David who had beaten a few Goliaths. Um, and Denver was pretty much the best team the entire season. Um, and Miami's hot streak and the David beating Goliath thing and, you know, the Cinderella story that they had going on finally came to an end. In the finals, uh, the Nuggets were much better. They were um, they won four to one. Um, but I will say that Miami put up a pretty solid fight, um, basically in every game. Um, they they made them work for it. It was it was a gentleman sweep. It was an ass kicking in terms of like how these seven game series go. But I would say that Denver, even though. I, I think that just goes to show you how good they were because Miami was a team that was not going to lay down for anybody, but they just beat these niggas down. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Nikola uh, Jokic for winning the finals MVP. He should have won the regular season MVP as well. 
but he went out and won that finals MVP. Jamal Murray was great. Um, Aaron Gordon was really good. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was pretty good at times. You know, once he kind of, I think in game five, when he realized that he was 6'10 and started doing more than trying to look sweet, shooting them threes, things started looking better for him. So shout out to the Nuggets. Shout out to all their fans. It was fun to watch them this season. I think that if they can keep that group together and if those guys can stay healthy, then they should be a title contender for the next few years. Like, you know, the next three to five years, they should easily be, you know, one of the best teams in the league, one of the best teams in the West and somebody that you, you know, you should look to as potentially being champion again. So I'm not, in, I'm not into all the, are they a dynasty and all that kind of shit. They only won one so far, but they have great potential for more. Um, and they're a fun team to watch. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on them when the new season begins later this year. And um, we'll see how far they can take it. Also, with the NBA, we just had the NBA draft, uh, which was a few days ago. Uh, this is I'm recording this on Saturday, and the draft was on Thursday, so two days ago. So shout out to Big Vic and all the other guys that just got drafted um, into the league, and even the guys like my guy from Carolina, Leaky Black. He signed a um, two-way contract with the um, Charlotte Hornets. So however you got into the league, shout out to all the new guys that are in the NBA. And I'm definitely hoping that, you know, with cast like Elliot Cadeau and maybe Harrison Ingram and next season with Ian Jackson and guys like that, that my Tar Heels get back into having guys getting drafted, you know, in the first round in the lottery, you know, becoming NBA stars and stuff like that. I feel like we're on the verge of that, but, you know, we didn't really have anybody that was, you know, highly touted and, and, and expected to be drafted like that. Um, but I'm hoping that we'll be right back at that. You know, hopefully this time next year, I'll be talking about like Elliot and maybe Ingram, you know, going into the league, you know. So we'll stay tuned for that. Um, but shout out to all the new NBA rookies. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching them in um, in summer league. That's something I'm probably going to mention when I holler back at y'all with the next one of these in July, because summer league is maybe a, a couple weeks away from right now. So that'll definitely be something that I mention um, whenever I shout out y'all for July is what I'm watching. Um, next up, movie that I just went to go see, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Just saw that at the theater uh, earlier this week. Um, I was off on Monday and Tuesday. I went to go see the film on Tuesday. Really enjoyed it. Um, I like these these new Transformers movies that we've gotten so far have been good. Uh, I thought Bumblebee was pretty solid. And um, I enjoyed this, uh, this Rise of the Beast joint as well. Um, the thing that I liked the most about it was it didn't have all of the the crazy foolishness of Michael Bay. I know he's supposed to be a producer on this film, but it's not his version of the Transformers as we got with the previous, what, five movies. Um, I thought the first one was really good. You know, the original Transformers that he did. Um, that one was dope. And there was one or two towards the end of his run of his run that were pretty solid. Um, 
at least in some areas. I don't know if overall they were, but, you know, there was some they had their moments. Um, but like I said, the Bumblebee movie that came out a couple years ago, I thought that was that was pretty decent. And um, I fuck with this Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, I love I love the fact that it was so black and so brown. You know, what I mean, it was set in 90s, 1994, to be exact. Brooklyn, New York. You know, one of the the opening shot, you know, you see um, main character Noah, you see his bedroom. He's got the PR flag. Shout out to all the Boricuas out there. Um, he's got a Wu-Tang poster, a Biggie poster, Nas, all of that. I think um, I want to say Wu-Tang Cream is playing uh, when the movie first comes on. So that was definitely dope. The 90s vibe and everything. Um, the soundtrack was great. Um, and like I said, I love the fact that you got a, a chance to see black and brown people be the feature once. And it wasn't so heavy on the people. Like his character was probably the main character. Um, I don't draw a blank on my girl's name. Uh, Dominique Fishback. Uh, she played a character named Elena, who's like a young scientist, um, like an intern at a museum and everything. And, you know, she's pretty much the other protagonist, you know what I'm saying, on the human side. And Noah's little brother is there um, and his mom. Shout out to Gloria Velez. She has not aged at all, man. She looks exactly the same as she did on New York Undercover. Um, she doesn't have a big part in the movie, but she's there in the beginning and then again at the end. And I was just looking at like, damn, yo, she's still fine. Yo, she's still she's a throwback to the 90s. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't remember exactly when New York Undercover was on, but the same period of time that this movie is set in is around the time when she was on New York Undercover. And she looks the same now as she did then. So it's actually like we were in 1994 by just looking at her. You know what I mean? Um, so but the human stuff wasn't like as much as I love the Transformers or whatever, it never made sense that they needed our help. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in the Bay movies, the human story was at least 50 50 with the Transformers shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like we had too much involvement in what they had going on. And this one, I like the fact that. You know, in the very beginning, you see um, Noah and Elena and you get a little bit of what their life is like at this point. Um, but there's not really much of a focus on anyone else besides them. Um, so when things really start popping and the Transformers start doing what they do, you know, they were involved for reasons that they were involved in. But it's not like you had the whole military and then all these other side plots like you had with um with with Sam with Wiki and with um Marky Mark's character and all that. Like I like the fact that they kind of streamlined the human shit so that it's it was more focused on like these two people and then everybody else was just kind of there because this story was taking place on earth like when they go to peru these are spoilers or whatever so y'all need to beware of that or whatever but like when they go to there you know you see people but like none of those people are significant in terms of like the overall story you know the reason why you see them is because this is the area that they live in and this is their culture that's being presented and all of that. But there's no like 
person that they have to meet up with down there who's going to show them this and do the, you know what I'm saying? Like they stuck, they kept it short and sweet and simple with the human shit. And I thought that really worked. And I feel like the Transformers look better. They look more like they did in the original shit. Um, and I just thought it was a good time. You know what I'm saying? There weren't a lot of us in the theater when I went to go see it. So that was cool. But I think everybody that was in there, you know, had a good time with it. So um, I think I gave it like a four, four and a half um, fist on the little rating system or whatever. Um, so, yeah, check that out if you uh, if you have any interest in that. Um, if you don't go see it in the theater, then definitely give it a look once it comes on streaming. And I think you'll have a good time. Uh, next up is another movie. I didn't see this at the theater, but I did purchase it on um, Amazon Prime once it dropped on there. And that is John Wick 4. And I mean, you know what you know what it is with John Wick, man. Um, there's really not much to say about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember before I saw it, I saw a lot of people talk about like how dope it was and that it, it may be the greatest action movie that they've seen. A lot of people were saying that it was definitely like the best of the John Wick movies. Um, I definitely agree with that. I think it probably, I mean, maybe outside of the first one, because I think the first one was the one that set the tone. And the first one was something that we hadn't seen before. Um, it was, it was a real simple story. You know, this guy was an assassin and he gave up that life and got married and everything. And, you know, his wife got sick and passed away. But right before she did, you know, um, she got him a puppy and he just randomly runs into bitch ass Theon from them thrones at a gas station. And he's trying to buy his car. And John Wick tells him, no, nah, I'm not I'm not selling the car and everything. And, you know, they end up breaking into his crib, beating him the fuck up, stealing his car and they killed the puppy. And then, you know, the rest of that movie is John Wick fucking up everybody. You know what I'm saying? And it was really a simple, a really a simple plot. And like a lot of like everything that I said just now pretty much happens in the first, what, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And then the rest of it is them showing you why John Wick is who the fuck he is. You know what I'm saying? And that was something that was so dope. Um, and it just kind of created the world that these characters live in. So I would say that, I mean, I'm not really a person that's in the ranking things. Like I, I don't have all these lists in my head and I don't have, usually I don't have just one favorite of anything or whatever, for the most part, outside of like sports and like my favorite teams and stuff, um, my favorite teams and like my favorite color or whatever. I can't really tell you my favorite movie or my favorite, um, you know, my favorite song, my favorite album of all time or whatever. Like, I don't think like that. But if I was to try to rank the movies, I probably would put the first one at the very top as number one. But I would put part four probably at number two. Um, and then the other ones will fall in line. Um, but John Wick 4 was definitely dope. Um, if you I don't know if it's still I, I, I guess it's not up there for free yet. So if you're still holding out for it to be on streaming for free, then, you know, just keep holding on. But if you don't mind paying, I think it's like maybe $5.99 to rent it. 
I paid the $19.99 to just go ahead and purchase it. But if you don't mind paying either one of those, and I would definitely recommend that, especially if you fuck with the other three movies. Like if you're already a John Wick fan, but you just haven't seen this one, then you're going to love this one too. Um, so that's that. Uh, another thing that I watched recently, uh, we just got a couple more things and then we out. The other thing that I watched recently, um, I had to go away for a conference for work. Um, I was in Orlando and I actually watched this while I was down there because I had, um, excuse me, they had the, the setup in the in the hotel where you could watch like HBO Max or Showtime or YouTube, things like that for free. Um, so I pulled this up on Showtime one of those days when I was down there and it was called um, Insane in the Brain, Cypress Hill. And it was a documentary about Cypress Hill that came out like maybe a year or two ago. Um, and I've been, I can't say I'm a Cypress Hill fan and like the fact that like, oh, I got the albums and all that, but I've always liked Cypress Hill. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, watching them on, you know, UMTV Raps and Rap City and just kind of like keeping up with them a little bit over the years. Um, but there was some cool shit in there like that I didn't know um, that I learned about them while I was watching it. For example, um, if, you're, if you're an old school hip hop head, you might remember a cat from the West Coast called Mellow Man Ace. I didn't know that Mellow Man Ace was Send Dog from um, Cypress Hill's brother. So their brothers, um, and Sen is actually Cuban. Uh, his family was, I think he was born and raised there until his family moved out to California. I think Be Real is actually also Cuban because, you know, with them being representing the West Coast, you will probably assume that they're Mexican. Um, and I think I knew this. I think I did know that, the Cuban part before, but I didn't know about Sen and Mellow Band Brothers. Um, and I knew this, but I didn't learn this until a few years ago that um, DJ Muggs is actually from Queens, New York. Um, I didn't, I learned that a few years ago, um, but I didn't realize that he's um, Italian. I thought he might've been like Puerto Rican or something. You know what I'm saying? Being that he's from New York and shit. So you got two Cuban dudes and um, an Italian dude from the East Coast. Um, but I really enjoyed that. I thought that, um, it was a pretty cool story. Um, I didn't realize that at some point Sen actually quit the group for a while and then he ended up coming back. Um, and that I forgot that they added, um, there's a drummer that they added his cat named Bobo and his, I believe his father's name was Willie Bobo when he was a, a famous musician and stuff, drummer who played with like a lot of, um, Latin artists and stuff like that. And I think he may have also played with like um, cast like James Brown and, um, you know, some of the old school like soul singers and stuff like that. So Cypress Hill is actually four people. Um, and I didn't realize that. I didn't remember that or whatever. But definitely recommend that one. Um, if you want to check that out, like I said, it's on Showtime. Um, so if you have showtime then you can definitely pull it up on there or if you're like me um i have showtime i used to have it on my cable but i don't anymore but i have it through um hulu 
So there's an add-on for Hulu or whatever. So however you can get Showtime, if you want to check out a good documentary, check out Insane in the Brain, Cypress Hill. Um, Two more things, and then we are Audi 5000. Next up is another movie that I didn't see at the theater, but I caught it on... um, where is it? I believe it's on Amazon Prime Video, and that's Air, and that's the joint, the the story about um how Nike was able to sign Michael Jordan when he came out of uh, Carolina, and you know at first I didn't, I wasn't fucking with it because I remember I saw like the uh, trailer for it, and I was like, okay, so these niggas made a movie about Michael Jordan that doesn't have Michael Jordan in it. I'm not watching that shit. Um. <laughs> And I think that's probably the way that a lot of people felt about it. But um, I was listening to the Five Starter podcast one night and I heard Basa talking about the movie. Like, I think he actually went to go see it and he was talking about how dope the movie was. And I think he may have had the same assumption. And he was like, yo, when I went to see it, it wasn't that. Um, And so that definitely um made me want to check it out and then not too long after that my girl charmaine main char on uh twitter she said basically the same thing um that she went to go see it and it really blew her away too and it, and it wasn't really what she had thought about it you know like i said because when you see the trailer for it and everything i think that's the first thing you think like what the fuck they're, they're doing a jordan movie but it's not centered around him and centered around these white people. Um, but I thought they did a good job of of showing how at that time um Nike was really struggling. They were well in basketball. They were doing pretty good with running shoes and, and some other stuff, like maybe some lifestyle stuff or whatever. The running shoes were their their definite um cash cow though at that time. And what this movie is illustrating is the fact that um, they were getting their ass kicked in the basketball arena. At that time, Adidas was number one. and Con- Well, number one and two were Adidas and Converse in whichever order that they fell. But they were clearly like the big dogs in the basketball shoe world. And Sonny Vaccaro, who ended up working, who was working for Nike at that time, was determined to try to put everything into signing Michael Jordan. He felt like he saw something special. There was a really dope scene um, kind of in the early part of the movie when they're kind of considering things and he's really starting to focus on Jordan where they pull up. He's looking at the, uh, the play when MJ hit the uh, the game winning shot against Georgetown in 82. I'm in my office room now and, you know, as a big Carolina fan, I got a, a, a lot of Carolina shit in here. And one of the things that I have is um, a banner, which has the championships up to 2009, because I bought it before we won it in 17. So I'm looking at it right now, and it's North Carolina Tar Heels National Champions, 1924, 57, 82, 93, 05, and 09. And then I have another one that it also includes the 17 championship. But yeah, in 1982, freshman Michael Jordan hits the game-winning shot to beat Georgetown for the national championship. And there's a scene in there where he's breaking that down and when he realizes that 
I think that this play was actually drawn up for Jordan. Like it wasn't everything else failed. The freshman has the ball. The clock is running out. He just put it up because somebody has to take a shot. The way that he was, the way that they were slowing the shit down and showing you the footage of like MJ's body, you know, his body language and how he moved over to his spot and got his hands ready and all that kind of stuff. It was like he knew the ball was coming to him. I thought that was a really dope scene. Um, So, and it, it actually makes me think that that's what really happened, that Coach Coach Smith, rest in peace, may have actually drawn that play up for Michael Jordan in that moment when everybody would think that it would go to James Worthy in that situation. Worthy was actually the decoy and the freshman was the one who took the shot and made it. And that was the start of him becoming the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? Um, obviously nobody knew that at that time, but that was the beginning of, I think he said before that he was Mike Jordan, but once he hit that shot, he became Michael Jordan and the rest is history. So seeing how they put everything together to go full speed with him and how they wanted to make it more about family and all that kind of stuff, because really what Adidas and Converse were doing was they were just trying to bring him in. They already got like the top guys, like between those two companies, they already had all the top niggas in the NBA. So it was just like, we're just going to, one of them is just going to add him to the stable. And at the time he was a big Adidas fan. So he wanted to fuck with them, but he essentially would have just been another dude signed with Adidas. But Nike was bold enough and brave enough and smart enough to be like, yo, we need to create a whole shoe line that's centered around him. And that was the selling point, you know what I'm saying? Um, so they they got him to do that. They got, you know, they got his mom on board with it. And, you know, but they still had to convince him. But once they were able to do that, then it became what it is now. You know what I'm saying? Where he's got his own shoe line. It was dope when they showed the first, the, you know, the prototype of what the Jordan one eventually became, you know, became that was dope to see that. And it was cool to see like, um, and I don't know if this really happened, but the way that they portrayed in the movie, Dolores Jordan is really like the, the point of contact for the family. And she's the one that tells them my son wants, and he deserves a piece of anything with his name on it. That hadn't been done. You know, nowadays, excuse me, the uh, shoe companies and the athletes basically have partnerships now. You know what I mean? So, like, LeBron is going to get something off of his shoe line. Kobe, rest in peace, was getting something from his shoes. Um, You know, insert athlete, they're getting a piece of what has their name and their image on it or whatever. None of that was going on in, what, 83. You know what I'm saying? started with MJ. So, you know, that whole thing was pretty dope to see. Um, So I really enjoyed that movie. Um, Viola Davis did a great job as Dolores Jordan. I forget the brother's name, but the the man that played uh, James Jordan was pretty good. He wasn't in the movie that long, but he did a good job. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, of course. Jason Bateman, you know, of course he did his thing. Um, So definitely check out Air. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. 
Uh, and the last thing I wanted to mention, um, my boys, the 85 South show, they have uh, a Netflix special, The Ghetto Legends. It's on Netflix. I watched it uh, a couple days ago. Um, if you've ever seen any of the other shows that they have like on their YouTube channel or on um, the Channel 85 app, it's it's the same thing. You know, one of their live performances where you have Carlos DC and uh, Chico on stage together along with J.O.N. and the rest of the band. So if you've seen one of those performances before, either live or like I said, on YouTube or on Channel 85, then that's exactly what it was. But it was like probably a condensed version because those usually go for a couple hours. And this one was maybe about an hour long. But um, and I, I forget where they were when they recorded it, but um, it was just dope to see them on Netflix. And from what I've seen the last few days, like this week or whatever, they've been like the number one uh, streaming thing on Netflix. So shout out to 85 South. Um, I still got to see these cats live one day. I uh, definitely hope to do that. Um, but it was funny. It was it was musical and all of that. And it was before they recorded this before um, DC's girlfriend passed. So there's nothing about that in there. But um, rest in peace to her. I don't really know much about her or whatever, but definitely RIP to her. Uh, and condolences to DC and all of her family and friends and their kids because they had three children together. Um, so that was pretty much it, man. Like I said, check out 85 South Ghetto Legends on Netflix. Um, yeah, people, we have we have reached the end of this particular episode. Um, I see that we're just over 41 minutes. So I've been able to stretch this thing out, <laughs> but I want to go ahead and um, wrap it up and just say that, you know, like I said, I want to try to be a little bit more consistent doing these. Um, I think starting out with the once a month with um these what i'm watching and then of course like whenever i'm able to record and and drop that one-on-one and any other things then you know those also come in too so let's say like like another week or two from now maybe i'll you know better i'm not saying that that's what it's going to be but in between that month you know what i'm saying there may be some other shit that i drop on the feed but if nothing else then i'm hoping to do at least one of these that comes out each month and then you get the extra stuff when i have a one-on-one or some other thing um that i can drop on y'all and again patreon and coffee coming soon and the last thing i want to say is just fuck with me on social media at l brothers media at south end cinema at look listen pod those are my Twitter handles. Um, on Instagram, I've got the L Brothers Media and South End Cinema. Um, those are the same as the Twitter ones. So there's that. And then I also have my um, my LBM food joint, which is pictures and videos of different food that I've been cooking over the last couple years. And um, fuck with me on TikTok, too. L Brothers Media on TikTok as well. Um, there's a lot of food stuff on there. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up and, um, I'm gonna holler at y'all in a month. <laughs> All right, Joe. Peace.